This is Kingdom Stories, week number seven. First week, we began with Kingdom Invitation. Pastor Brandt uh, began that series and said, we're to go out, invite the good people, the bad people, invite everybody, because the king is going to throw this amazing kingdom party, invite everybody to come and be a part of my kingdom, and I'll be the king. Second week, we looked at kingdom message. We learned that when we refuse the king's message, when we choose not to dance to the king's tune, we're behaving like spoiled, rotten brats. Third week, we looked at kingdom response. We found that our hearts are a lot like dirt. And our response to Jesus as king and the gospel message, his death, his shed blood, his resurrection from the tomb, it's all about what our hearts are all about that determines our response to Jesus and his gospel. Fourth week, we investigated kingdom forgiveness. We learned that the more we understand, the more we know, the more we experience the forgiveness of King Jesus. Track with me the more we're going to love and be devoted to Jesus. So as we, as we know his forgiveness and, and experience it, uh, our love for him will just grow. Uh, fifth week, Pastor Brandt shared about kingdom grace. We learned that God's delay is actually God's grace. How come God's not coming back yet? Because the Lord still wants more and more people to know his son and to know his grace. And God wants to rescue more people, even rescuing some people who are busy right now planting weeds. He still wants them to come into his kingdom. Last week, week number six, we looked at kingdom celebration. We saw that every time a sinner makes the repentance choice, all of heaven's host stand to rejoice. In other words, every time a sinner does the U-turn, run homes to the awesome arms of Jesus Christ, a celebration breaks out in heaven, and the angelic billions rejoice. Today we're at number seven. We're going to look today at kingdom prayer. Kingdom prayer. We're going to see today God wants us to be bold and shamelessly ask him for all the things he's already promised to give us. Uh, Here's how Mark Batterson explains it. God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Isn't that good? Why don't you say that with me? God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Timid prayers, weak prayers, that's a lack of faith. That's not being humble. That's just showing that you really don't believe what you're praying. Locate with me on your Bible app. In your Bible, the 11th chapter of Luke's Gospels, where the disciples asked Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? <laughs> the, the 12 disciples come and say, teach us how to pray. And that's what we're going to read about here, uh, Jesus responding to that request. Would you stand with me if you're able? We're going to read out loud the first 10 verses, Luke chapter 11. Ready? Ready to read? As soon as I get my page, I'll be ready too. Here we go. 
One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. And my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Let's pray. Lord, would you uh, teach us to pray this morning in your church? We need your help. We need your wisdom. We need your instruction manual to show us clearly how we can pray as you've instructed your disciples to pray. Because we're still your disciples. We're still your followers many generations down the road. We, we pray that you'll, you'll teach us how we can pray with boldness and audacity and shamelessness. Lord, would you use these weak lips today? Because the truth is, Lord, you know it. I, I certainly haven't arrived when it comes to uh, this subject. Got a long way to go. So my prayer is that you'll begin to teach me and teach us how to pray in just the way you've instructed. And now, Lord, I want to pray uh, for those who are watching online, for those who are here in person. I, I pray, Lord that your grace and your mercy might rain down on each and every one of us in our times of need. And Lord, uh, our hurts, our concerns, our worries, our fears, uh, our overwhelmedness, Lord, is different from each other, but we all need your grace and your mercy in our times of need. So we look to you and we ask for it. And Lord, I'm asking that you might... Uh, rain down. Might the power of prayer be a game changer in our lives. Might the power of prayer be something that spreads and becomes a norm here in your church at Walloon. And all the church family here in person, all those watching online, said with one bold voice, Nice job. Amen. I like that. Okay, this uh, is a true story. Um, so I'm going to make it a little bit generic so you, some of you uh, detectives 
don't figure out who I'm talking about. Okay, does that make sense? Um, here we go. Uh, there was a family in a pastoral position, and uh, I had the privilege of taking them to a local restaurant. They're still interviewing and talking, and uh, of course, they wanted to make a good impression. Um, so now the waitress arrived. She's already passed out the menus and brought the water, and uh, now they turn to Billy. That's not his name. Um, and they said, uh, Billy, what would you like off the children's menu? Um, and I recall the mom said, there's cheeseburger, there's chicken strips, there's grilled cheese, there's macaroni and cheese. Um, and then they turned to their second child, uh, their daughter, Becky. Uh, what would you like to eat off the children's menu, Becky? Um, and she says, um, I want what those people are having. Um, I love barbecue ribs. I want ribs to eat, Mom. Now the parents are dying. Uh, Becky, you need to pick something off the children's menu. So Dad and I are going to decide here, and then you figure out what you want. So Mom and Dad uh, ordered a sandwich. Okay, they, they were again, you know, not trying to run up the bill here. Um, now they turn back to Becky. Um, Becky, did you choose off the children's menu? And Becky says, I want barbecue ribs for dinner. That's my favorite. Please, please. <laughs> uh, they turn to me. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. Now they get firmer with Becky. What do you want from the children's menu? Choose now. Parents, you know this. Well, we're going to choose for you, okay? Uh, the waitress has a huge grin on her face. I got a big smile on my face right now. This is interesting. Um, and here's what Becky says. Please, please, can I have barbecue ribs? I haven't had them in a long time. That's really what I want to eat. Please. <laughs> Mom and dad are dying. Becky is firm in her resolve, in her request. So I said uh, to mom and dad, if, if it's okay with you, I, I'm good if she orders ribs. Is that okay with you? So while the adults and her brother were all eating sandwiches, <laughs> guess who devoured barbecue ribs with all the fixings with a huge grin on her face? Here's the point of that story. Becky knew what she wanted and she wasn't ashamed to ask. She was pleasant. She, she used manners, please, but she asked with boldness for her favorite food. Even, even if decorum maybe said, you should be eating off the children's menu. Give me your eyes. Today, we're going to see from God's word that too many of us are satisfied eating off the children's menu. Too many of us uh, I just ask for the little stuff. When it comes to asking God for things in prayer, more of us should be bold and unashamed and start asking for the barbecue ribs instead of settling for the grilled cheese sandwich and a little cup of applesauce. Do you understand? More of us should be like Becky when it comes to prayer. Look at verse 1. It's, this, this is 
pretty interesting stuff. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Um, we really want to know. That's the only thing the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them. Isn't that interesting? Teach us how to pray. Verses 2 to 4, Jesus summarizes the Lord's Prayer. Did you notice when we stood in and read, that's not the whole Lord's Prayer like many of us have memorized uh, in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, this Lord's Prayer is different here in Luke chapter 11. It's not the same words as the Sermon on the Mount. So what's going on here? What happened to the Lord's Prayer? Why are there different words? What's, what's the difference all about? Here's the answer. This is a different occasion. This is not at the same time as Matthew chapter 6, when there was a huge crowd and they were there above the Sea of Galilee. Do you understand? This time, the disciples are alone with Jesus, and now they ask him, hey, would you teach us how to pray? And when Jesus goes to teach them, it's the same subject, but it's not the exact same words. He's not saying you got to get those words down exactly and memorize them. Instead, he says, here's the pattern. When you pray, pray like this. It's, it's talking to your father, and it's a relationship with him. We're members of God's family. He's our father. We're his children. We're more than just children. Give me your eyes. We're heirs. We are heirs in God's family. Verse 2. Let's work through that a little bit. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Okay, so, so start off. Please realize who you're talking to. He's the awesome king and the heavenly father, and his name is awesome. Remember that when you pray to him. And then it says, uh, your kingdom come. Who's the king of the kingdom? Anybody? Jesus is the king of the kingdom. Jesus, you're the king of my life. And I'm asking that you might rule and reign in my life. Take charge of my words, my thoughts, my actions. That's, that's a great thing to be praying every day. Go back, verse 3. Give us each day our daily bread. Every day, Lord, here I am, and, and I need you, and I'm asking you that you'll take care of my needs. What are our needs? Food, shelter, clothes, okay? Notice he doesn't say, take care of my wants. We could go on there, but take care of my daily needs. And, and I'm asking, Lord, that you'll come through today. Take care of me and watch over my health. And watch over the people around me, Lord. Take care of me. Verse 4. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And, and lead us not into, into temptation. Several things there. First of all, take care of your sins, Jose. When you mess up, when you, when you fall into sin, don't just lay there. Confess your sins. 
1 John says it very clearly. 1 John 1, 9. Confess your sins and he's faithful. He'll wash and cleanse, okay? And then when other people hurt me, other people sin against me, what do you got to do? What, what are we called to do? And forgive them. Let them off my hook. Don't hold that sin against them and keep beating them up and beating myself up with anger and bitterness. And then it says, and lead us not into temptation. Lord, I have this, this area that I'm prone to fall in. Anybody have a besetting, entangling sin? Can I see your hands? Anybody? Every hand should be up right now, but okay. I'll put second hand up because we all are, unless you've arrived and you no longer sin, uh, you still have areas of weakness, okay? Um, give me victory over those temptations that get me. And I don't just need to say this prayer over and over again. I'm following the pattern, okay? I'm remembering who I'm talking to. Uh, I'm saying, Lord, your kingdom come in me today, rule and reign. Help me with my daily needs, food, shelter, clothes. Forgive me of sin. Take care of the sin in your life. Help me to forgive others. And Lord, help me with those areas of temptation. Do you understand? That's the idea of the prayer. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. And Jesus says, these are the areas you should be consulting God with over every situation and every day that you encounter. Jesus, is this opportunity for, for me? Is that something that you want me to take? Jesus, um, is this purchase that I'm about to hit the button from Amazon? Should I do this or not? You see what I'm saying? We're consulting. I've got choices here. Show me your plan, Lord. I need your help. Now, he wants to illustrate Teach me to pray. He does that with a kingdom story, a parable about prayer. Look at verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. <laughs> a friend of mine has come on a journey and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside says, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up. And give you everything. I tell you, he's not going to get up and give you bread because he's your friend. Yet because of your, I love this, shameless audacity, he'll surely get up and give you as much as you need. Let me give you a little background, okay? Because this seems a little strange, some of what's going on in this kingdom story. Because that doesn't really compute with our our day and age and how we live um, in the Middle East. This is from Pastor Chuck Smith, um, founder of Calvary Chapel, if you know that great man. He's now with the Lord. Hospitality considered one of the highest virtues, essential. Whenever you have a guest come, you'd be obligated to put food in front of them. There, there weren't McDonald's and Burger Kings. Um, there wasn't Wendy's. There was no BC pizza that you could stop before you went in. So when you arrived, you were usually hungry, okay? Now, uh, the guests came, you're obligated to give them food. Now, all the people at this time, most, unless you were very well, you all lived in a one-room house. So when you went to bed at night, 
you rolled out the mats and everybody laid basically in one bed on each different mat together in the one room, usually a dirt floor. Why? Because you only had one room. That was the bedroom. That was the living room. It was the kitchen. It was all you had. And you kept warmer if you just stayed together there on the floor. Now, once the door was closed in this society, that meant do not disturb. Draken, shut the door. You're telling everybody, neighbors, hey, we're going to bed. Leave us alone, okay? Uh, when the family woke the next morning, you'd open the door. You'd leave the door open all day long. Neighbors, now you're welcome to drop by. But when we shut the door, we're going to bed. Understand? Which means this man who got an unexpected guest has a dilemma. It's midnight. His neighbor's door is shut. It's already marked, do not disturb. But now he's expected to take care of his guest who's arrived and he's hungry. Uh, neighbor's sleeping. My guest is hungry. What am I going to do? Jesus says, go ahead and wake up your neighbor. Go, go right ahead, knock on the door, go ahead and ask him for what you need. When you pray, understand, when you need something, go ahead and ask him for what you need. Verse 8, chapter 11, go back, it says, I tell you that even though your friend won't get up just because he's your friend, he's not going to give you bread just because he, he likes you, he's going to get up because of what? Say it with me. Your shameless audacity. Doesn't it make you feel smart to say that? Uh, it's your shameless audacity. He'll surely get up and give you as much bread as you need. When it comes to prayer, Jesus says, this is how you pray. Pray with shameless audacity. Don't settle for the kid's menu, Okay? Ask for the barbecue ribs. Don't, don't just take the grilled cheese and the mixed fruit little cup that comes with it. No, no. Jesus says, I want you to come boldly and shamelessly, and I want you to ask for the thing that you already know I'm wanting to give you. Be bold. Be persistent. Pray with shameless audacity. Now, in my head... I can picture um, it's Fred who was sleeping there and the door's pounding and now Harry is buddy and he knows it's Harry and now he goes and lights a candle and he's listening, I need bread, I need three loaves and he's stepping over his wife and the kids and now one of the kids wakes up and is crying and he's ticked and he's sleepy and finally opens the door and gives him three loaves. Here's your bread, Harry. Good night. Slams the door. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's how it worked, okay? Pray just as though you're going to your neighbor in the middle of the night and you need something. That's how you come to me. He continues on with verses 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock. And the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, 
the door will be opened. So here's my question, okay? Uh, maybe your mind doesn't work this way. So are we, is Jesus saying, uh, okay, dear Jesus, uh, please give me a big house on Walloon Lake. And Lord, I want a cherry red Ferrari. And I want a 40-foot yacht. And I want washboard abs. And I don't want to exercise. And I don't want to diet. And, and, and give me biceps like the Cruzel boys, you know, uh, Randy, Tyler, Trevor, Tan. I want biceps just like them. Amen. Is, is, is that the prayer that he's inviting us to? Now, now, remember, you need to interpret Scripture with Scripture, okay? James 4, verse 3 says, don't ask for stuff that's selfish, and foolish. Don't, don't be asking for stuff in prayer with wrong motives. Don't be expecting the Lord to feed your passions and your pride. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about boldly, shamelessly asking for things that God's word says, I clearly want to give you this. Ask for that stuff. Okay? And he's saying, here's the point. Give me your eyes. Most of us the things that we should be asking for, the stuff he's already willing to give us, we're too timid, we're too shy, we're not bold, we're not courageous, there's not much faith there, and we're saying, um, I'll just take the corn dog off the children's menu and, and give me a few fries with that, um, and I'll just have water. No, 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 no. The Lord's saying, when it comes to what I want to give you, Ask for the full rack of barbecue ribs and all the fixings because I'm ready to give you everything that you should be asking for. Okay. I want to close looking at three ways that I think should nudge us to begin praying with boldness and audacity and shamelessness. Okay? So if you're taking notes now, here, here's your first point, Okay. Starting today, Lord, every time I have a decision that comes my way, I'm going to start asking you about it. Imagine if, if you started making every decision, every choice that I have to make, instead of just making the decision, if you'd ask the king, Lord, what would you have me to do? And that even means the little stuff, you know, should, should, I, should I go to this store or this one? Um, Lord, show me when it comes. And I'm telling you, as you start asking the Lord, what would you have me to do? Slowly, it'll become a part of your life. And you'll start inviting the Lord to show you over everything. And then you're going to start asking the Lord for the bigger stuff. Um, Lord, and I've got this person in my life, and they're really depressed, and I'm really concerned about them. Lord, show me how I can be a blessing to them. And Lord, I have this situation going on and uh, this worst sinner that I know other than me, um, I'm going to start praying every day for their salvation. Or Lord, they're just popped into my uh, checking account, 1400 bucks. Woohoo! What, what am I going to do with that, Lord? Uh, how am I going to spend that? Would you show me? Do you understand? Every decision that comes my way, this week, Lord, I'm going to ask you, but what would you have me to do? 
So you're bringing him, and that, that, that question is a prayer. It's about a relationship. Lord, show me this week, and I'm going to call on you, make it clear. And as you make it clear, I'm going to do exactly what you show me to do. And the truth is, most of us are making most of our decisions. We're not talking to the Lord about it. We're just charging ahead. Do you see how great a difference that could make in our lives if we started asking and seeking and knocking on everything we encounter in a normal day? Second idea. How long should we keep asking and seeking and knocking? Notice that's what it says. I, I want you to ask and seek and knock. And oh, by the way, the Greek word there is ask and keep on asking. That's the tense it's in. It's uh, seek and keep on seeking. And it's knock and you just keep on knocking. Do you understand? That, that's the, the Greek tense. You don't see it as much as in the English. But here, here's my question. When you ask Jesus boldly for something, how long do you keep asking? Seven days? Is that, is that the statute of limitations on asking? Will you pray shamelessly, knocking on God's door for a month? How long are you going to go? Will you do it for a year? Seek the Lord. Lord, show me about this situation. I'm praying about this person. Would you pray courageously for five years? What about that? Perry, 10 years? 20 years? Would you pray about a situation boldly? Would you give up or would you go for 40 years? Hmm. Several years ago, I did a funeral for a friend named Ed. Ed, uh, his last name, you might remember him, some of you. Jim, Sharon, Ed Gilbert. Do you remember Ed? Yeah, uh, anyway, he, he accepted Christ at age 72. By the way, you have a better chance of getting hit by lightning than accepting Christ in your 70s. Because <laughs> that's just the way it is. But Ed accepted Christ at age 72. And he just lived, I think, three, four years um, after he accepted Christ. He died. Um, anyway, at his funeral, at Ed's funeral, Ed's first boss, Ed was in the car business, stood up and he said, you know, um, several times I asked Ed if he would like to come to church with me. Um, I gave him a Bible. Um, I asked him about Jesus and the cross and the shed blood and the empty tomb. And Ed said, no, thanks. I don't want any of that. He said, so I just put him on my prayer list and I started praying for Ed every day by name. And with tears running down his eyes, he said, that was 40 years ago, 40 years ago. And, and now I think about fast forward, Ed 72, and now he finally comes to the point where he drops his pride and accepts what Jesus did for him on the cross and his shed blood for Ed's sin problem, believed that he arose from the dead for him, and Ed became a follower of Christ. Why do you think that happened? I think a lot of it, just my opinion, okay, we, we'll talk to the Lord about this someday, but I think, I think his boss, praying for him daily, knocking, 
asking, seeking on Ed's behalf, that had an awful lot to do with why Ed came to faith in Christ. The Lord loves us when we don't give up. He loves persistent praying. Remember that widow? She keeps knocking on the door, Luke chapter 18, and she won't go away. She goes to the judge's house, won't leave him alone, and finally she's seeking justice. Remember what the judge finally says? Okay, lady, I'll give you your way. Now go away. Now you think, really? We're supposed to be like the persistent widow? And God is that reluctant? No, God is awesome and he loves us and he wants to give us grace. But if even that unrighteous judge will give this widow what she wants, of course the Lord is going to pour out his blessings. Of course the Lord is going to give to his children exactly what they're asking for. Okay? So, um, are you prepared to knock and keep on knocking? Are you prepared to ask and keep on asking? Are you prepared to seek and not give up and not quit and keep on seeking what you're asking for? Okay. Third idea and we're done. God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Why don't you say that with me? God honors because honor God. I want to start that now. I want us to start praying. I'm going to say this next week, but I, I'm going to start us now. Begin praying boldly with shameless audacity about something that's going on in your life. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 is one of my favorite verses. Hebrews 4 verse 16 I'm going to read it for you here. It says, um, let's then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Let's run to the Lord in prayer, in need. Uh, some translations say boldness. Let's run boldly. Let's run confidently to the throne of grace. Why? So that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need, in our time of need. I wonder here this morning how many of you have a need in your life. Honestly, truthfully, and I'm sure they're different, but how many of you would say, you know what? I have something in my life that's pretty big. I have a need right now. And I'll put my hand up. Anybody else besides me have a need, something that's pretty big? That's bigger than you. Anybody Anybody in the balcony? I'm looking at you. Okay? Got my glasses on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Most of us, if we're honest, we got something that's pretty big. It's a need. Um, and we need to be, according to this verse, running boldly and confidently. Uh, Luke 11 says, run with shameless audacity into the throne room of God and then he says, I'll give you grace and mercy to help you with that need. Do you understand? He, he says, I'm going to rain down grace and mercy to help you with whatever need that you're facing. So, whatever you just raised your hand about, 
That's what you're going to pray about right now, okay? And maybe some of you say, you know what, I, don't, I think I'm doing okay. I don't, I don't know. Then I'm sure you know somebody in your family, a friend, uh, someone that you work with who has one of these needs. Uh, if you truly don't have one watching online, then you can pray for someone else, okay? But I'm going to give you one minute right now, and I'm literally going to watch my watch. And we're going to pray quietly, run boldly and confidently to our king and ask for his grace and mercy regarding this need that we have. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Pray big. Don't pick something off the children's menu. Okay? Oh, Lord, please help me with this need. Amen. No, no. No, no. That's the children's menu. I want you to get bold. I want you to get shamelessly audacious. Audacity, I don't know how you say that. Anyway, uh, just get real big in your ask right now, okay? Got that? And if you don't have anything, pray for somebody in your life. And we're going to practice that now. So bow your heads, shut your eyes. Why do you do that? Because most of us will be thinking of other things if we don't do that. Helps us to quiet our hearts and minds. Ask. Ask big. Ask bold. Man, it's a long time, isn't it? <laughs> here's, here's my challenge. Will you keep on asking, seeking, and knocking with what you just prayed about? Not just today, but you're going to do it tomorrow and the next day. And you're going to pray big and you're going to pray bold and ask the Lord to do a God thing. Something only he can do. And if the Lord uh, this next week comes through, and if you start asking, seeking, knocking, and the Lord answers what you're praying about, we'd love to celebrate with you. We would. So would you do me a favor? Call my office. Jody will put you through. I want to hear if the Lord comes through and you've been asking and seeking, knocking, you're praying big and bold and the Lord answers. Love to celebrate with you. Jody would love to celebrate. Chad would love to celebrate with you. We're going to rejoice. Praying way too small. Pray, praying way too timid. Very well may be that some of you need some folks to actually pray with you right now. Sometimes this time of need is overwhelming. 
And that's why there's church. We need one another. And if that's your need, it's just crushing you, and you need somebody to pray with you and for you, make your way over to the prayer corner. If you're watching online, hit that prayer button and share that overwhelming need that you got going on. They'll pray with you. They'll pray for you. Lord, thanks for teaching us how to pray. And Lord, thank you for being an awesome God who could rain down grace and mercy and give us more than we ever could ask or imagine. We love you. It's good to be with the family to study your book. And now, Lord, as we sing about the battle belonging to you, that we do our best fighting on our knees, Lord, we're ready to sing praise to you even right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.